Well, I want to thank you, and we love the country. The country's in trouble. It's got to be solved fairly quickly. Uh, yes. It, there is no choice but to solve the problem, but it's a big problem. It's a big problem, and I hope it continues forward, and we love Israel, and we hope everything's going to be okay. Sure. A lot of good moves have to be made, or it's not going to be okay. And we uh, say God bless you and good luck. John, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you very much for this time. Greetings, friends. It's uh, Monday, September 19th. Uh, Trapo coming at you to uh, kick off this week. Keep it brief uh, up at the top of the show, but you already know tickets still available for our fall tour. Uh, Chicago, L.A., New York, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. Uh, basically every Saturday in October, tickets available at chapotraphouse.com slash live. So uh, without further ado... It's me, Will Menneker, joined as always by Matt and Felix. But our guest today is the host of the podcast, Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. It is the legend, Tom Myers. Tom, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, really appreciate it. Uh, Tom, where are, you, where are you calling into us from firm today? I am from the, uh, the great state of Maryland. A few people who uh, might be listening to hear me might know that I do a few things in that state. So... But yeah, it's a it's a magical, uh, wonderful little place, and I uh, talk about it so greatly uh, in my act with all the love and affection that people who live here usually do. Is it Tom Myers versus the rest of the state of Maryland? Sometimes uh, versus the rest of the state of Maryland. Uh, Tom Myers versus his own cat. Sometimes, so he may oh. be meowing at some point during <laughs> during the podcast. Like I just fed him, so you know he should be he should be fine, but he may. He may make a cameo appearance here. Uh, that that would be wonderful. Do you have like um, have you had the same cat for a while? Yeah, uh, I've had him for uh, for fourteen years now. Oh wow, and that's beautiful. Yeah, the older they get, the more the more they verbalize. I I've definitely found that to be true. But uh, I mean, he still he still acts like a kitten. So I'm enjoying every single moment I have with him. I gotta ask, what's the name of your cat? Buddy. Buddy. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I have I have four cats. Uh, actually, none of them are in the, the, the room I'm recording in right now, which is a, a rarity. But often uh, my main cat, Marty, I don't know if uh, I don't know if Buddy will do this to you. He will often uh, stand over a full bowl of food and look at me and ask for more food. They're very particular, these felines. Mine will sniff whatever I have, like if it's a sandwich or a slice of pizza or something. And then, uh, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll do something similar to that. Okay, uh, cat cat talk. We can table that. We can table that for now. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's for the Patreon I, folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll be uh, the 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 cat the cat mini series will be coming later. But uh, let's just get into it uh, for uh, the week in the news. And I suppose okay. So I I, I think the, uh, the 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 big media story uh, uh, over the weekend was. Essentially, uh, the uh, Florida governor, Ron DeSantis, um, sort of like chartering a plane and tricking a group of uh, migrants into getting on the plane and sending them to Martha's Vineyard as sort of a uh, sort of media stunts to, um, I don't know, attack what they regard as like the hypocrisy of uh, liberal states uh, who, you know, like are uh, not on the border. And they think that like, hey, if we can just like 
uh, dump these uh, asylum seekers there. Like it'll 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 make some point about uh, like you know yeah liberal hypocrisy. So I mean look we've talked before about Ron DeSantis is like he he loves he loves playing to the media hits and like he loves he loves going to the 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 sort of culture war well to sort of gin up these 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 media moments. But I guess with this one like I, I my question is like what was the ideal thing he was hoping was going to happen here that they would just like put these migrants in a catapult and just shoot them off the island or I, I don't know. What, what did you guys make of the whole DeSantis Martha's Vineyard thing? Was he just trying to get someone who could hang out with Alan Dershowitz? Just like 50 people who have, you know, never heard of him before who wants to, who wants to hear his talk at the library. I don't know. What's going on with this? Well, I, I think it sounds like uh, it was, Almost as if DeSantis was thinking, boy, I'll, I'll go ahead and show I'll go ahead and show these illegals who want to come in here. We'll go ahead and have them leave Florida, which has a dubious reputation already for Florida man and uh, semi fascist government. And we'll set we'll send it to this place called uh, called Martha's Vineyard, where they'll be where they'll be treated. Uh, they'll be treated nice and with compassion. Yeah, that'll teach them to come in here. And there's just so much of a disconnect between I think what DeSantis wanted to have happen and what may actually happen. It's just, it, it, it baffles me that, that people like him and, and governor Abbott in Texas think like that, that, that this will solve the, the immigration problem. They were actually sent from San Antonio. They weren't even in Florida. It was, I think just to say this government, they just like, they were the yeah, ones that they paid for it. They, I think. Yeah. They paid for it. They like chartered a plane and they were sort of entreated to come on the plane with sort of promises of, I don't know, jobs or help or something. And then they ended up um, in Martha's Vineyard. DeSantis, like, I don't know. He seems to have like a similar problem that uh, Tom Cotton or Josh Hallway or uh, any of those guys, any of like the guys running to take over the Trump lane, if Trump is like incapacitated in some way, right? That there is a, an internet, internet-y stench on them, so to speak. It's like if Katie Porter was trying to run for the Democratic nomination now. There, there are all these things that excite, you know, um, the national conservative think tank circuit in D.C. This is probably something they've posted about. This is probably like a going a going like meme for them for the past two years, like send the illegals to Martha's Vineyard. And it just it seemed like it didn't actually excite anyone in the base. And it just it, it sort of went out, went off with a thud. I mean, it would be one thing if. uh you know, they called private security and turned them away or fucking deported them the moment they got there. But they were prepared to at least have the appearance of not doing that. Right. Like, I, I know that um, one group set them up in a church and like put them on cots, which is, you know, uh, an interesting thing to do in a place with a lot of vacant homes. But it's better than nothing, I guess. Um, it just it, it didn't seem to do what he wanted it to do. And that that's kind of that's one thing. They're not all going to be hits, but that's sort of like DeSantis's only thing, right? Is like doing doing fucking executive actions and things that fit like the conservative thing of the week. I mean, I think I mean I think he basically did get what he wanted to get out of it. I mean, like just the fact that like no one's I mean, it's just it seems like it's already over. But I think what he got out of it was like the headline in the New York Post about like, you know, uh, illegals uh, you know, sent to Cape Cod. I don't know, like, you know, did you see the Liz Smith thing where she was just like, oh, we played into it yet again, like more right wing bait, like assuming that there was like what was what was going to be the reaction of the state government of Massachusetts or Martha's Vineyard that wouldn't have engendered some sort of like that New York Post headline? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is the point was they did it. 
It's like, ah, LOL, we owned you. You're owned. It doesn't matter how you respond. You've been owned. You know, like, yeah, they, the- they don't give a rebuttal to the people on Jackass. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. You've you've been you've been punked. It's over for you. You get Jamie Kennedy comes out and there's the a big stamp that goes on your face on screen, and then you play you're played off with like wacky trombone music. See, I thought that DeSantis got this idea of trafficking humans from his buddy Matt Gates, just from his own personal experience. But maybe it was maybe it was Jamie Kennedy who gave it to him. Well, we have to look at that aspect too. Have you seen the uh, Jamie Kennedy abortion movie, Dom? I have not. No. Oh, it's something. That's a yeah. real movie. They made a uh, Roe versus Wade where Jamie Kennedy plays a like a Jewish guy, <laughs> like basically who just like get makes women get abortions. A Jewish guy from history, not like one they made up. <laughs> well, uh, this may be the product of my uh, of my Maryland public school quote unquote indoctrination. But if I remember my geography correctly, like was brought up before, Florida is does not border a foreign country at all. Um, there's four states that uh, border Mexico: Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, and California. Like New Mexico and California, like their state governments wouldn't do shit like this for obvious reasons. Arizona's kind of leaning blue-ish. It's kind of purple at the moment. They they uh, elected two uh, Democratic senators in the past couple of election cycles. So really, Texas is the only one that's going gung-ho. It's like the it's the appropriate state for it because this seems to be the the Alamo of the uh, of the fight over immigration. Yeah, that that is like the thing that you saw a lot of this week when people are trying to like <clears throat> make this anything, this is a really like limp story of the week that yeah, um, yeah. people were trying to squeeze articles out of. But the thing was like, Oh, well, like I don't agree with DeSantis, but there's no that. Yeah. I, I saw that repeatedly. There's no like blue border States, which is just, that's like fundamentally. Yeah. Not true. Another thing about DeSantis though, like, yeah, you're right. Like he is like, like, like he's the, he's, he's the plan B right now. Cause like, and, and, we can get into this in like uh, like, a, like a little bit when I want to talk about like Lindsey Graham in, in, in a little bit. But like I think the National Republican Party would like nothing better than for Trump to be um, indicted or like they, they want him to go away so that they can defend him and talk about how horrible it is that, you know, like uh, they, they're being oppressed or whatever. But I don't think they they, they don't want to deal with him anymore. And like and DeSantis is running the Trump model, but but not Trump. We Matt, we talked about this a little bit on the way to the show. I realized though, I had never really heard Ron DeSantis speak. Oh, I always, God. I always, I always saw yeah. photos of him, and I would read like news clips about him. But like, it wasn't until this recent Martha's Vineyard thing that I just saw a clip someone shared of him talking. And I don't know how shall I put this. Um, I think it is uh, an impediment to his presidential aspirations. Trump aside, uh, how shall I put this? Um, he's got gay voice. He's God, he, he sounds he's voice. a little fruit of cake. He, he sounds <laughs> like he might be sweet as, as the bear meat. Are they doing their job and enforcing the law there? No, they're enforcing the law based on who they like and who they don't like. That is not a republic. Well, it may be it's a banana republic when that happens. So here's the thing. <laughs> and he's also short as well. And so, round. He's like, he's like grown up Cartman. <laughs> he, He's under six feet tall, so I think that that, that puts a, a, a damper in his uh, in his presidential ambitions. All those reasons, 
the fact that he is just this goofy looking zero charisma politician who is where he is and is famous and is a celeb strictly because he's governor of Florida and there he for he can do things like send the migrants to uh, Massachusetts to own the libs. That's why he's famous. It has nothing to do with his his actual appeal. That means he is totally at the whim of the party, at the whim of the media in a way that Trump will always uh, be free of. And he can't do anything constructive with that because it's just his pure ego, but it's still something that cannot be fully accounted for. Whereas DeSantis, he has assimilated the Republican Party psychically so that there is like a continuity of interest between the two, whereas Trump does not have that. And they want to get a guy that powerful off the fucking field. You did see where he was he was fangirling over Leonard Skinner some months back where the two surviving brothers, they did that song about how great it was having a governor like Ron DeSantis. I think it was the song was called Sweet Florida or something like that. It was kind of an update (laughs) of of Sweet Home Alabama. And it was like it was a really bad. It was a really cringe song. It was a really bad follow up to Sweet Home Alabama. It's like when they made. (laughs) Like Airplane 2. Like it didn't have the writers of the original Airplane. It didn't have Leslie Nielsen, which is why it sucked. And that, it that, have, was, and that was- It did <laughs> have Sonny Bono though. Oh, okay. Well, I take oh, another yeah. Republican. Wait a minute. Sonny, see see what they're think- trying to do? They're trying to, yeah, they're trying to get conservative politics back into uh, pop culture. You, Even then. Do you think that Sonny Bono would have would have voted to impeach Trump like after January 6th? Not for like Ooh, Lev Parnas, that's an interesting but, like January 6th. I could I see him so. maybe being a uh, Pelosi or a uh, I could see him being a Lynn Cheney style Republican. Yeah. Yeah. In Palm Springs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like just for DeSantis's gay voice. I do want to like defend him and the, this concept. Right. I don't think it's gay. Vo- like, I don't I don't know. Pejoratively, maybe perhaps. But I think that like that sort of like um, up talky um, run on sentence way that he talks. That's just like the American upper middle class accent. If you were born after like 1973. That's a right? good point. That's true. I, yeah. Which is its own problem for him. You know, that well, that's, is. Yeah, that's like he's he's faking. He's a faker. At the end of the day, he's a faker. And that is the thing that Trump exposes. But only Trump exposes it. If he's off the field, then there's nobody to draw the contrast. But that for me, that really does raise the question. Like if DeSantis gets the nomination somehow. I think he's honestly a worse candidate for them than Trump would have been because as much as Trump has these has like a big millstone around his neck, people know they still see him sort of as like separate from the party of like the Republican Party as such. DeSantis would have none of that. He would just have to stand for the party nude before the people. And I think that that would turn some significant percentage of people off. Uh, Tom, you mentioned that uh, Ron DeSantis, when he, he he just appeared with these surviving members of Leonard Skinner and they did a song for him, like Sweet Home Jacksonville or something like that. Sweet, uh, Sweet Florida was the name of the song. Sweet I mean, Florida. OK, if you're talking about people I'd like to see put on a plane again, it's the surviving <laughs> members of Leonard Skinner. Folks. <laughs> well, you're talking about DeSantis being the plan B for Trump. You know who would like to plan B, Ron DeSantis? Charlie Chris, his Democratic opponent for governor of Florida. How do you like <laughs> yeah. yeah. How do you how do you like uh tan Charlie's chances? I mean, Florida is one of those states that's just an absolute uh anathema. Like I was you know, we were expecting the big blue wave in 2020 because of all the dumb shit that Trump did over the last four years and how reckless he was at, at handling the pandemic. And then it was just as close as it ever could be. 
And then uh, we're in Maryland, we're coming off of an eight year stint of having a Republican governor because we all took it for granted that uh, the his 2014 Democratic opponent, Anthony Brown, was going to win because he was leading in just about every single poll by 10 points. And then that was 2014, of course, when Democrats just got creamed across the board. And, you know, the Maryland governor's mansion was that way. So I've I've learned to give up election predicting and just making really snarky, sometimes rude and quasi offensive jokes about him. Amen, brother. That's what we're all about. I do think it is something that is something amazing. And really, if you want to understand the Democratic Party in the last 20 years, you can't get better uh, example than the fact that Charlie Crist has already been the Republican governor of Florida. And now he's running to be the Democrat after just like being spit out of one party and then like digested by the other one. Is it the fact that, though, that that's the sign of the way that the Democratic Party is becoming too moderate? Or is it just the fact that the Republican Party has become so batshit? Like you had uh, like Char- you had Charlie Chris now running as a Democrat. You had Arlen Specter switching to Democrat his last couple years in the Senate. You had like Lincoln Chafee, who was the last. It was the, the last moderate the last Republican. Republican. Yeah. Uh, Outside of Susan Collins. Yeah. Yeah. No, the thing is, people want to put it one or the other. They want to say. It's the Repu- it's the Democrats' fault for becoming too moderate. It's the Republicans' fault for being extreme. These two things uh, are feed into one another. They can't be disconnected from one another. They they are mutually reinforcing, and both sides seeks the other to do that. Like Rep- the Democrats want the Republicans to be extreme. Uh, like we're, they're literally underwriting their extremist candidates because they know that it's to their advantage. And so, and then the the, the Democrats because they have a different relationship to their base where they can't give in to the base's actual demands because it goes in conflict with like their owners, the actual party's owners' uh, uh, interests, they have to instead try to moderate and be the less gross alternative to the uh, bipartisan consensus that we are going to dispossess the poorest among us. There's no two ways about it. And if you're near the bottom, you're going to get closer. And if you're in the middle, you're going to fall. And that's just the way things are. And that's both parties agree to that. And the only question is how are uh, how are we going to culturally process it? And then they move around, but it's all because they have that uh, unbreakable bipartisan deal that we just have to be party to and horrifyingly observe. And if you keep the status quo in place, that the way it is now, then that's really how that, that's really how the both sides can yeah can go, can can go out. I mean, don't, don't get me wrong. I think the Republican Party as it is now is like a thousand times worse than any problems that the Democratic Party is having now because the Democratic Party, their candidates aren't running to say, we're going to overturn elections. That is the Republicans' only real only platform is that when we get control of state government, we're going to make it easy for Trump to win. They've all but said that's their goal. It's true. But the problem is, is that anything you do to help the Democrats who are in this situation, the thing that checks them, like that's the deal. Everything that does that helps them as a party furthers the goals of the Republicans. I mean, the Republicans are where they are and are as dangerous as they are because of what the Democrats have done in power, how the Democrats run the country and how they run their party. Because the Republicans and the Democrats are playing game theory. They're playing strategy the whole time. They have like an end condition they'd like to seek, but they understand that the game is basically just negotiating and, but they react to each other's actions and the Republicans 
will advance their interests where there's no resistance. And the Democrats are conditioned at the top to give in to any Republican resistance as a strategy. Oh, okay, we we retreat here to to fix it over here. For every uh, working class vote we lose, we gain two suburbans, that thing. And that literally destroys them. And they can't operate any other way. Their candidates can only advance that agenda. So it's like, that's terrifying because it means there's no party standing between us and the Republicans. They just have to step through the door. But then we have to ask, okay, then what is there? And it sounds cringe to say, but it's literally us. We have to like giving, getting rid of faith in the democratic party does not mean getting rid of, of hope in anything. It means reinvesting, trying to reinvest that hope in something else, something more real than this Potemkin structure that is part of the machine that is destroying us. I would agree with you to, to a certain extent, but then you also have to take into account the fact that no matter how many times Democrats will go ahead and try to meet the Republicans halfway, it was just like when they passed the Affordable Care Act. If you look at the Affordable Care Act, that was basically the biggest giveaway to private insurance companies and to the private sector like in in American history that, they, that they've ever accomplished. And it was basically the, uh, the, the Newt Gingrich plan of the mid of, of the mid nineties. So they went ahead and met they went ahead and went, went beyond the, the, the 50 yard line to go ahead and try and get Republicans on board and not one of them supported. So, I mean, it's, it is difficult. I mean, Democrats are way too nice about this kind of thing. I mean, I, 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 I can, I can definitely sense the frustration with the party. And as someone who's been involved in democratic politics for years, I pr- pretty much like everything you said in, in terms of the, the structure of the party and the way they operate uh, is true. But the, the resistance they're meeting is is a brick wall. So yeah. and, and then so like that, that, that they're only well, the reason that they can't overcome the yeah. brick wall, like because it's like, yeah, they hit a brick wall. OK, that's when you fight. You know, it's like that's. That's supposed to be the beginning of conflict is when you hit a brick wall. Like the, the compromise comes after you've tested strength, but the Democrats never do that. And that's because they are required structurally to disempower and, and disengage their base. Whereas the Republicans are totally aligned around the, the, uh, the alliance between their interests and their base's interests, which means that their base can always be deferred to and energized. That is an entire force that the Democrats cannot challenge. They have an arm tied behind their back ever since 2009 when Obama intentionally uh, uh, destroyed this, the, the incredible grassroots machinery that had powered his presidency or his presidential campaign, the Obama for America team. It was demobilized. They detonated it from within because that structure was no, now it would have been a hindrance to their, uh, their agenda in power because it could have been used against them because there is no alignment between the base of the Democrats and their uh, party leadership that the Dem- Republicans have. So they will always be at that disadvantage, which means they always will seek the compromise before a test of strength because they don't think they could, they don't have the horses for it, which is why even though the Republicans were actually kind of scared in January 6th, you could tell like the top level Republicans were looking like they were going to blink, but the Democrats put the fucking brakes on because they were afraid that if they actually did anything, then the whole game's over. They're terrified of it because they have no, they have no strength to draw on if it comes to that. 
Well, I was also talking about like, uh, who, who, what are some potential uh, roadblocks for the Republicans or like who may be working to uh, undermine uh, the Republicans in the midterms? I, I bring this up because I want to talk about um, Lindsey Graham's uh, proposal of a, a federal national abortion ban. Wow. Baffling, honestly. At 15 weeks. And it's just like, OK. <laughs> And look, look, and I, I'm, I'm with you on, on this, Tom. It's just, you know, uh, 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 election predicting is a mugs racket. You know, like, uh, just like the, don't look at any of these polls. None of them make sense. Like, it's just like, who the fuck knows? But when I, when I saw Lindsey Graham out there at a press conference proposing a national 15-week abortion ban. Yeah, here you are introducing a nationwide 15-week yeah. I'm wondering how you square those two statements. Pretty easy after they introduced the bill. To define who they are, I thought it'd be nice to introduce a bill to find who we are. So I look forward to the debate. I look forward to the vote. If we take back the House and the Senate, I can assure you we'll have a vote on our bill. If the Democrats are in charge, I don't know if we'll ever have a vote on our bill. I have to say my first thought was despite the fact that like he used to be an anti-Trump guy that became an obsequious toady for Trump. I got to think on some level, or at least like I think it's not beyond the realm of possibility that like Lindsey... Mitch McConnell, people like that. Yeah, they're putting they're putting Lindsey out there to do this national abortion ban shit, particularly to tank the Republicans' chances yes. of what should be a fucking layup for them. Because when you look fail, at the leaks if they coming out of the take, Senate, yeah. the, the 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 Democratic Committee, the Senate uh, Campaign Committee, all those leaks about uh, Peter Thiel and McConnell fighting over who's going to fund Ohio and and uh, and Arizona mm-hmm. and shit. Yeah, they are absolutely sandbagging this. By the way, McConnell also sandbagged Trump before the election in 2020. Like he is trying to beat this thing down any way possible. And I think Lindsay is absolutely on board with that. Because, you know, if you're if you're if you're wheeling out. OK, first of all, like like if this if this midterm election becomes a referendum on abortion, like that's the worst thing that could happen for They're the Republicans. Fucked. That's the, the only way they could really blow this. If it's a referendum on Biden and the Democratic Party and like inflation or gas prices or something like that, the Democrats are they're, they're fucked. The brandonization like, <laughs> of the American economy. But if they're wheeling out Lindsey fucking Graham to tell the women of America that it's time it's time to vote on a on a 15 week abortion ban. Everybody, it's like like isn't there one Republican pro-life woman that they could get out to talk about this shit instead of Lindsey Graham? And I think I think like a, a Republican with kids. <laughs> if because if the Republicans fail to take the Senate, it's going to be like I said, like like it, it's going to be one of these things that like uh, will demand a reckoning within the party, and then like the party leaders will be like, okay, now it's time. Now we have a cudgel. We have something to like beat down, uh, like the, the the MAGA wing of the party or whatever. So like I mean, uh, I, there I, is I, one thing I will say though. Uh, I, I'm 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 becoming more uh, uh, bearish on the Democrats uh, in the Senate even. Because I'm kind of wondering if there might be a bit of a uh, a peak here for the Democrats and that they peak maybe a little too soon. Because the thing is, the Brandon economy is still going to be going strong in November, whereas as much as abortion has obviously changed the playing field uh, in, in races until now, it will still be that much farther away. And yes, yes, you know, uh, Graham putting this in there certainly raises the salience. But it's still something that's sort of been worked out a little bit further. Maybe it becomes less dominant. I don't know. The polls are looking. They're looking. Who knows? Who knows about polls anymore? I don't know. And I kind of at this point think I kind of assume any poll that isn't like a right wing one is also just unconsciously uh, skews Democrat. So I don't know. 
I do. Um, going back a little bit to the leaks, um, most, the most um, salient thing to me, not necessarily like the Teal McConnell leaks, but like the leaks about Rick Scott going on vacation mm. and doing a shitty job with the NRSCC. Like those were like, you know, two months early, which like, I don't know, maybe portends, as Matt said, like peaking early. Because usually you get those kind of leaks from like the Senate re-election committee when, uh, you know, it's a week before and they know they're going to. Yeah, exactly. But I kind of I have the opposite opinion on polls. I think like polls in general can skew Republican. There are some states that are like very difficult to poll, Wisconsin being a great example where they skew like who fucking knows. But I don't know. Like, okay, like it could be a Brandon Brandon referendum. That's very possible but i just i don't see i don't see like a galvanizing force for republicans outside of like the special master or not having the special master oh boy the special master a real game changer there yeah <laughs> no I, I i yeah i don't know i mean that is a very interesting theory about lindsey graham though that they sent him out to tank him because okay tom you brought up the point about how um republicans used to be more normal so to speak I think we probably disagree on what that normalness meant. Like, okay, for me, the normalness meant like they were a freakish party still, but like you can agree on things like uh, funding the government more or less. You can agree on like um, how many weapons we'll send to Syria, that sort of thing. Violence Maybe. against women, the, the, the Violence right. Against Women Act. They used to agree on that. They can't even do that anymore. Well, that, that was what, like 45 years ago? I don't know. Like that did like, like that is an example. I don't know. I think they last they last agreed to do it. Uh, they last agreed to do it in like 2006 or something like that. I know George W. Bush was still president at the time when they last exactly passed that for renewal. Yeah, 40 years ago. But like, um, <laughs> uh, I don't. Yeah, I mean, for a swamp creature like McConnell, that's appealing, though, right? Just like not not having to like go out there and fucking talk about fusion GPS and holograms well actually okay you talked about um uh we're talking about okay a referendum why wisconsin notoriously hard state to fall uh we just i I was just just before i started recording today i mean this is gonna be my segue into the next issue we're talking about i just saw some speculation earlier today that our own matt chrisman is the most powerful national wisconsinite uh tom myers i think you're definitely in the conversation for uh most powerful uh public figure from maryland or marylander what are people from maryland called Oh, um, let's see. What word can I say that won't get us kicked off the podcast platforms? Oh, my God. We are known for so many things. <laughs> what are they I'll called? Just, are they Marylanders? Yeah. Marylanders? Marylanders? Marylanders. 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 Okay. You take out a few of the – we, we say we're from uh, Baltimore, Maryland. Like, you take out a few syllables. I get how that goes. I'm from Waukee, Wisconsin, around there. Or, uh, and my, my niece currently lives in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. So they, every, every region has that, yeah. Okay, well, so uh, Matt Chrisman, possibly the most powerful public figure who is a native son of Wisconsin. I know he is not a native son of Wisconsin. He is merely revered in the state of Wisconsin. I'm talking, of course, about former Packers quarterback, Brett Favre. Brett oh, Favre man. is... Oh, man. You know, <laughs> just the, you know Matt, I can, I can see the pain in your eyes here. Ooh. Your boy... <laughs> The old, the old, the old. He was my river- boy, the old gunslinger, man. <laughs> the he old was like a kid out there. <laughs> the old riverboat oh. gambler. I had some you know? very deep emotional connections to him uh, as a as a Packer fan in the nineties. Well, 
Uh, he's currently in a bit of hot water for defrauding about a couple million dollars from the Mississippi Mississippi's welfare Jesus Christ, fund. That country, that city, <laughs> that state is a. It's not a civilized country. They fucking run it like a fucking penal colony. Yeah, it's like a. It's like some monstrous. <laughs> it's like uh, Devil's Island government from a Herzog movie. Like it's Klaus like one of those. Kinski's the governor. <laughs> Are you talking Wisconsin or Mississippi? (laughs) Okay, they're trying to turn Wisconsin into Mississippi. Yeah. They think they're defending like whiteness, but really they're immiserating everyone. But with this just horrible regime, this group of disgusting good old boys just sucking the state coffers like ticks and distributing it to their awful network of hangers on and relatives and famous people that they want to impress. Oh, Brett Favre, were you like a million dollars? Okay, it's actually oh, six, shucks, thanks. I sure would be obliged. It's actually six million dollars. It's oh, a, Jesus Christ. It's, it's, oh no, wait a minute. No, I think it was a million like cash, and then like six million for like a soccer facility for his no, daughter to play a in. A volleyball stadium. Oh, a I'm volleyball sorry. stadium for his daughter. They don't daughter. have running fucking water in parts of that state. <laughs> it they don't have like tough. adequate sewage that, that there is I believe it is Mississippi. Jackson, yes, where Jackson, they do not have drinkable water. If you turn on the faucet in Jackson, Mississippi, right now, like uh, xenomorph blood comes out of it. Um, but that yeah, is like directly uh, a result of having a government composed hey, entirely of this cadre of hillbilly psychopaths. Uh, so I was, was going to read here from uh, this is sort of the uh, uh, Mississippi Free Press. Here it says multiple prosecutors are still examining the facts and making decisions about criminal charges in Mississippi's sprawling welfare scandal that saw millions in funds meant for poor families go instead to wealthy celebrities. The auditor made that uh, no, sorry, sorry uh, revealed dozens of text messages showing how retired NFL star Brett Favre, Mississippi former Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant, and nonprofit leader Nancy New coordinated on procuring welfare funds to finance an $8 million volleyball stadium. A new ran the nonprofit Mississippi Community Education Center when it directed $5 million in temporary assistance for needy families to the University of South Mississippi Athletic Foundation, whose board she sat on, to fund the stadium on the Hattiesburg campus. Her nonprofit also directed $1.1 million to Favre for motivational speeches he never delivered. I like. Have you seen the uh, text messages? The text messages oh are great. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. He's like. It's like. To be fair, though. To be fair, though, those probably aren't the worst text messages that Brett Favre has ever sent. I've seen worse. I've seen worse, folks. Everybody remember? <laughs> oh yeah, well, in text bo- messages. In, <laughs> in, in in both cases, it's like he's trying. Like he's trying to like either lose the maximum civil penalty or like go to prison. It does like, seem like, like a the, death drive. Yeah, it's like the text equivalent of wearing a wire, like not just wearing a wire, but wearing a wire in a way that would get you killed. Like with the text, yeah, like, message, yeah. wearing it outside of your shirt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like with the text messages with like the dick pics, it's like, oh, by the way, that's my flaccid cock, but it doesn't get that much bigger when it's hard. <laughs> he, he had exchanged like four words with this woman. Yeah, she's just worked for the Jets. She's like, she sent him a couple of text messages that he's like, hey, penis. Yeah, that is asking to be that is asking to be locked up like a like a werewolf when he shows up at the police station. He sends his he sends sends his cock. Yeah. After just like, yeah, nothing after not even not even pleasantries. Like if if bit emojis existed at the time, they would have probably sent each other like bit emojis of each other waving and then immediately his cock 
But then after that and the voicemails, he's basically, yeah, he's like, yeah, that's my soft penis. Doesn't get much bigger. Um, I'm not good at eating pussy. I don't, I don't like doing that. And I, um, I will be fucking you. Like, just, like he's trying to lose, he's trying to lose his house in a sexual harassment lawsuit. With this, he's just like, he starts out by being like, oh, and no one's going to know that the money was illegally diverted when you pay it to me. <laughs> by the way, I have full knowledge. Yeah, no one's ever going to find out about this criminal act I'm committing, are they? Uh, the, uh, the, and the, also, the- he's like, I'm good. I sure did need this. No, the it's like, dude, what? You're not a zillionaire. You need this million dollars. What's wrong with you? What do you spend it on? Wranglers. Uh, think about where. Think about like where his pension went. Like think about where he put his earnings. Yeah. He probably. Yeah. He probably. Well, like he had a Vicodin addiction, which like that's you know, true. He yeah. probably like spent. He probably spent all of his money on like a a a backdraft theme like theme park like the movie Backdraft like yeah. in a swamp. Everybody got yellow fever the first season and they had to close. Uh, no, no, the uh, the Brett Favre text messages, whether it's uh, sending his dick to a masseuse who works for the uh, Jets or to Nancy New. <laughs> That's the crazy thing. She was not just a masseuse. She was a she worked at, in the media department. She was like a like a face of the franchise person. She was like a show host. I know. Like but a person uh, yeah. who could just immediately say, hey, said Brett Favre sent me his dick, which she did. It's it's uh yeah it's a masterclass in how not to commit crimes over text messages or like I uh, feel like you said it'd be like uh, it'd be like wearing a wire trying to get caught I would imagine it'd be the equivalent of like walking into a like uh, an, a a social club run by the Bonanno family with Hassan Piker's mobile streaming apparatus <laughs> it just has a backpack and like a camera pointed at everyone uh, but no, the, the text messages read as follows uh, from Brett Favre. If you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? No, we have never had that information publicized. I understand you being uneasy about that, though. Let's see what happens Monday with a conversation with some folks at Southern. Maybe it will click with them, hopefully. Okay, thanks. We just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. He is on board with us. We will get this done. Awesome. I needed to hear that for sure. Phew, they were going to break my legs. (laughs) Oh, my God. Also, it's like when you think of like go, when you think of going to play volleyball, the last place you think of going to is Mississippi. All right, like like I've I've been to Mississippi once, and little, the only thing I did there was stop at a place called Huddle House to eat. Those of you who don't know, Huddle House is basically like the white trash cousin of the Waffle House. Like basically, the food is so greasy. Like the only reason people would ever want to go to Mississippi would be to get their colon cleansed. Basically, just nonstop eating at Huddle House. And what really pisses me off about this is that I'm from Maryland. Maryland has approximately 10 miles of beach. Mississippi, I just looked this up, has 26 miles of beach. So like Mississippi, this place that, you know, stereotypically speaking is a shithole, has more than twice as much beach as Maryland. And that uh, that fact alone just aggravates the shit out of me. <laughs> well, you know, if it, if it's any consolation, it's kind of gross beach because it's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, oil wells out there in the in the in the Caribbean, uh, Gulf. In, the Medi- in the Gulf of Mexico. There are a lot of tar balls love to just come up on onto the water there. It's not really glamorous. Uh, Tom, did you did you do a date in, in Mississippi? 
I performed in uh, Western Tennessee and in an effort to go ahead and just cross certain states off my map to say I visited them, I visited Mississippi and Alabama. So that was just, okay, I've been there, knock those off. I can, I can now die somewhat happy. <laughs> after, yeah, after having checked Alabama and Mississippi off your bucket list. Uh, but you know, you're, 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 you're something of a, something of a road warrior. I mean, do you have any, uh, do you have any, uh, like, like fa- favorite places to perform or worst places to perform? I mean, like, you know, where, where, where's, what's, where's the ideal, like uh Tom Myers comedy venue? What was like the, the worst one you've done? Oh, the, the ideal ones. Like some of the favorite places I performed are just along the East coast. Like I've done, Boston, New York City, Philly, Baltimore, and DC, of course, because I I live there. Those are good markets for me. I've performed there a lot in uh, recent years, and uh, the crowds have always been wonderful. And Las Vegas, it's one of my one of my favorite places to visit and perform. Any 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 really bad places though? Oh, like I would tell you the bad places, but. Like I would literally have to like draw a map to tell you where they are just because like the, the, the towns they're the towns are so small and boring. Like the Denny's closes at 9 PM. Like it's that, it's that boring of a town. Like that's how you know when it's, it's a real shithole place. Yeah. Uh, oh, well. oh, here's what I say. Oh yeah. So the, uh, I, I didn't, I didn't know this, like the, the, the interesting, like, like, I guess like, uh, like angle to the, the Brett Favre, this, this massive misappropriation of millions of dollars that are supposed to, you know, be for, for welfare, like for poor people is going to build a volleyball stadium. All of this is like, it seems illegal. Like the idea that like someone called Nancy new would be like the middle middleman for the appropriation of welfare funds. But actually this goes back to the, uh, Clinton era welfare reform which allowed for something called block grants to essentially allow yeah, oh nonprofits boy. to, so like, 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 you know, m- money that is appropriated uh, for like state welfare through, could through these block grants through like the nonprofit sector could be like, theoretically, if you uh, create a billboard or like a TV commercial, you know, about uh, teen pregnancy or something like, like that could go towards state welfare rather than like, you know, uh, the, food stamps or, you know, like a, uh, like, yeah, just like a welfare check or something like that. And all that money goes to companies owned by people that are part of the network of good old boys who runs the state. So it is a way to directly transfer money that was going to the poorest citizens in a state to this rentier class of fucking bloodsuckers. And then the ensuing poverty that increases is then blamed on the people who have had their money literally taken from them by these fucking parasites. Yeah, I compared like I compared Mississippi to like you know those Central European states where they build like a statue of the guy who's been president for forty years, and there's a day where like oh yeah, like Kyrgyzstan, yeah, yeah Kyrgyzstan. Like, there's a guy, there's a guy, yeah. giant copy of the giant of the book he wrote, just spinning in a circle in the town square. Yeah, there'll be like one day a year where if your kid's born that day, they have to name it after the president. But like those, <laughs> those places are like they're like better than Mississippi. Like they do have water. They do. I mean, they do. Yeah, they have plumbing. I mean, they have a less they they have like a lesser contrast to make it so stark and horrifying because, like, there's water just next door. You know, it's, it's a little yeah. different than when you're in the middle of. I think it's a, a good comparison. Is like also uh, fucking Orban's Hungary. Like dumbasses like Rod Dreher are clapping like seals at the prospect at the at the epic civilization. Uh, victory that'll come on the back of the Orban model. The Orban model is just Mississippi with EU subsidies. You fucking dumbass. 
You get rid of those EU subsidies and over time, what happens? You get the same fucking conditions you have in Mississippi. Congratulations. And the whole time you were fighting to maintain the civilization. Good job. You got, you sure kicked George Soros's ass. Meanwhile, your actual political economy is just Orban's disgusting followers distributing every fucking scrap of patronage capable of an otherwise dying economic order that you refuse to fucking do anything about because you're beholden to the, the last rentier scumbags who run the machine that has no actual economic base because you are vestigial. Yeah, no, no, it's uh, very, very important to the maintaining traditional Western civilization or really any civilization, um, drinkable water. It's helpful. It's very hard to have a civilization without uh, fresh water. Very weird to expect people to adhere to some abstract standard that like qualifies them for your consideration when that is what they get from civilization. You know, it's a lot of it's a lot to ask. It's a big leap. I don't know. In Maryland, we would be very happy if they got rid of our clean water and just replaced it with beer and whiskey. Like we could survive with just. With <laughs> it's like talk about the Middle Ages. Yeah, that's all everyone drank back then. Well, because the drinking water could kill you, so everyone was. Yeah, just, like, we're getting back there. They were sloshed. I mean, and, they were fucking faced off mead all day. I mean, in certain parts of Maryland, we're happy with you know beer, bread, eating meat right off of the bone, and wenches. It's that middle European peasant uh, lifestyle, drinking small beer all day, keeping a pleasant buzz on. That's that's describing the basically the entirety of the state of Wisconsin. A little bit of a buzz at all times, occasionally really tying one on uh, and eating meat and cheese the entire time. Well, yeah, you had like you had like breakfast beer. You'd have beer that's like one percent ABV. And that's what you drink when you wake up. Yeah, you, you know, go, you, like, you get a little, you get stable, and then yeah, you just run it up as the day goes on. Well, yeah, that's that your, like your Mick, that's your, your Mick Ultra. You start with your Mick Ultra, and then you work yeah. your way on up to the yeah. craft beers for dessert. And the yeah. thing is, that was the same lifestyle as like the people that these people descended from, which is the peasantry, the yeomanry of, of Central Europe, is that they would drink beer all day long, low at low ABV beer all day instead to, for hydration instead of water. They still do it, only they're not working on a farm anymore. They're just sitting around mostly. Watching TV, I guess. I don't know. Still stuck with the same chattel status that their ancestors had yeah. so many hundred years ago. It's true. They were free for a little bit. They got that yeoman free American freedom for a few generations, but boom, all back, fell back into the proletariat. Everyone's trying to scramble out of it one way or the other. All well shit faced. Well, okay. We're talking about, okay. So we're talking about drinking beer. We're talking about drinking water. This is uh this prefer, this provides a perfect segue out of politics and into the frontiers of science and what I regard as probably the most important science news of this year or this decade. Ready for this, gentlemen? They have, they have, they have finally closed the books on this one. Scientists have confirmed squirt is pee. Wow. <laughs> I'm sorry for anyone out you know there what? who thought otherwise, but I'm uh, just reading the headline here from uh, the new scientist. Female emission at orgasm confirmed to be release of fluid from the bladder. Wow, the squirt, this the is squirt, a bombshell. <laughs> the squirting that some women are known to experience at orgasm has been confirmed to be a liquid that is expelled from the bladder, helping to clean up, clear up a long-running mystery. 
This is <laughs> this is done wow. by a 2014 study led by French French gynecologist Samuel Salama, now at the Poissy Saint Germain and Lie Hospital in Paris, suggested that squirting. Of course, involves, he's a Frenchman. <laughs> the expulsion of urine from the bladder, since ultrasounds on seven women who could squirt showed their bladders were full just before squirting and empty directly after. So one, I mean, honestly, this is like uh, this is more important. I mean. That's great news for R. Kelly. <laughs> is is it? <laughs> I mean, not not anymore. I think he's in prison for that life now. He's been convicted yeah. several times. I don't know if he's uh, going to be able to do anything with this information. <laughs> Maybe they could uh, Shawshank a, a woman, in, a squirter in. <laughs> you know what? I take uh, back all of my present uh, previously expressed skepticism of the scientist you know, religious faith of, uh, of the current moment, maybe they can figure everything out. Maybe everything is solvable if they can figure this one out. Wow. I don't know. Okay. So like before when people just thought it was like, um, I don't know, like a, uh, some type of like syrupy release that came from wherever, I don't know where they thought it came from in the woman's body, but like, <laughs> that was always the, really the compelling question for me is, <laughs> yeah. well, what is it then? Yeah. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, like, yeah. You can't just leave that in the air. Come on. Yeah, it's like dark like, matter here. What? Well, it's not like okay. Well, like uh, someone would squirt, and your your bed sheets are just soaked in it. You're like, oh well, it's not pee, so I'm just gonna like marinate in it. I'm not gonna like <laughs> clean these sheets. It's like fine. Just put a towel down. It's fine. Yeah, I mean, it was always like gross. Uh, it's not. Oh, come on. I, I don't. I, I, oh, speak for yourself, Felix. I don't think it's yeah, gross. Somebody at all. doesn't want to get it, wet. I don't think it's gross <laughs> at all. Someone's off that on that dry shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite impressive. Um, I mean, yeah, can, like, like no, it, it can be gross, but like impress. Like it's cool. The ones that can do that for sure, for sure. Well, like, I mean, if. Yeah, if you could make like an art, um, it wouldn't really be an Arnold Palmer, but like if you could piss like wall coming, you know, Arnold, I don't want, I don't want to know, the, I don't want to know what the T component would be made of. No, uh, no, 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 no. It's yeah, no, it, it's it's cool, but it's just like it's not like it wasn't like oh, it's it's just water. No one thought it was bad. No one thought it was like fine. <laughs> besides I, you, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I mean, like, I, I mean, I, whatever. This French gynecologist, can we give him the Nobel Prize? I think, like, what they're doing this this is more, way more important and impressive to me than anything that they're doing at the Large Hadron Collider. You know, I mean, Put like, a squirt in the Large Hadron <laughs> yeah. Collider. Smash That's how we figure this shit out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you that know what? Like, so but like, fucking disappointing. The Hadron Collider. <laughs> they have not. They haven't done anything with it. It's I don't know. Unless yeah. you buy the theory that they shifted us into a parallel reality, or in 2016. Oh, that's the parallel reality. Like a yeah. slightly like weirder Republican becomes president. It's true. Yes. Oh no. Yeah, we're in a we're in a fucking totally crazy universe. Um, the UK left the EU. Wow, yeah. it's fucking exciting. No, it's Holy like that shit. show Sliders. Like, those were never interesting. That's true. What are you talking about? Slider, wait, 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 in Sliders, like, sometimes, like, the sky was purple. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay. it was like remember that movie, The One? Oh, yeah, yeah, with it, Jet Li. Where, where Jet, Jet Li like, comes them. down as parallel dimension people. The only thing they ever do is, like, they have somebody say, President Gore. Uh, oh, whoa. You're blowing my mind here. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, like, but, like, okay, like, like there's this is actually... 
the hopeful news to many people out there. I mean, to many, to many women out there. Because, I mean, like, look, if squirt is just pee and it's just like an ignition from the bladder, if you have a bladder, you can squirt. So just try harder, you know? Get, get your squirt up. Yeah, go get for it. Practicing. Yeah, just go for it. Get just that, get just, at it. I now have a Good new luck. life goal. Try harder with squirting. <laughs> if I can do that, then I can I can really die happy. Visiting Mississippi and Alabama be damned. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, an age-old question finally put to bed. You know, we always kind of expected this, this was the case, though. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I, mean, I think yeah. it was just people like you yeah, know. I mean, come on. I think it was the odds-on favorite in the clubhouse. Yeah. All right. Well, um, but but before we wrap up today, uh, Tom, I want I want to thank you for joining us. But like, but before before we wrap up today, I I would be remiss in 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 doing this because like, look, you know, we're all part of the the the, the brethren of uh, podcast money getters out there. So like, I don't, obviously, like people who listen to our show are probably familiar with you through our show, and then our our our, our sort of our, our sister program, uh, Come Town, now the Adam Friedland Show. And I understand. So I'm just gonna put it out there. What what can we do to squash the beef between you and Come Town slash the Adam Friedland show? Is is that possible? Is is there, is there, is there a way that you would uh, appear on the Adam Friedland show as a guest? Honestly, I'm I'm so focused on my own podcast at this point and just working on that that I've kind of gotten rid of any beef on my end years ago. Just because I mean, you know how difficult it is to like all the work that goes into just to prepare something, prepare topics. That's pretty much, uh, pretty much what I do. And then I, I usually take breaks around the Christmas and the summer holidays. And even then I find that incredibly taxing just because I write, produce and edit the whole podcast myself. I bring guests on and bring, uh, get my, assemble my panel together. So, I mean, honestly, it's, I'm, I'm happy just doing what I'm doing right now. But just like, like not, not, not from like, I mean, that's good to hear, but like not, let's say like not from an entertainment perspective, because like you, you know, you, um, you knew these guys for a while, like before we did, I, I've, I, we've known them for, uh, yeah, like, you know, I've known them, some of them like 10 years almost at this point, but like, yeah, you, you, you guys were, were doing comedy back in Maryland just for, for that. Would you, would you at least like be on neutral terms with them? Would you at least like be civil with them? I mean, just given the fact that they've completely misrepresented some stuff I've said, completely lied about stuff I've said that made me sound bad and gone after and just completely disparaged friends of mine. I mean, the answer is no. I mean, I've known Nick Mullen since he started like some 15 years ago. I was already a touring comic when he started and whenever I would see him perform, I would always just get the impression that before each set, he would just drink an entire gallon of paint. And and that was I, I've always just tried to stay away from him even then. So it 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 predated any the the, the wide world of podcasts. Well, there's a reason I never became a diplomat. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> Well, so because uh, you know, I, I mean, I know, I know they really want you on uh, the Adam Friedland show. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's probably going to happen, you know. But I, I had to do my best to extend extend the olive branch. Maybe they should do that themselves uh, personally. But if I could be a, a go between here, but you know, I, I respect your position, and you know, certainly there's there's no beef between Tom Myers and you know uh, between uh, sorry Tom Myers versus the rest of the world in Chapo, just because we happen to. Uh, 
be good friends with uh, come town, you know, but uh, like I said, I, I, I had to do it. I had to extend the olive branch, but um, you know, you mentioned you're spending a lot of time, uh, you know, preparing, scheduling, uh, writing for Tom Myers versus the rest of the world, a uh, new season coming up. Just, you know, for the listeners, what, what can people expect from Tom Myers versus the rest of the world? What you got brewing? What do you got? What do you got cooking up? Oh, we have a, a new season. We have the return of some of our regular panelists, uh, Jeff Heisen, Abby Mello, uh, Devine Kerr, Gina Brown, Michelle Wojcikowski. I'm looking to get some new guests in. We discuss uh, uh, the various topics or current events, uh, politics, various social issues. Uh, it's a, it's a, a fun discussion. Like some, it, it's some comedy, some part cable news panel discussion show, and then we go over video segments, uh, clips from the news, and analyze the hell out of them and just skewer some of them to death. And uh, it's uh, a fun show. We're available uh, all over on your, uh, on your uh, podcast platforms, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, Apple, uh, all those good sites. And uh, the podcast itself will air uh, Thursdays starting September 29th on ipmnation.com. Uh, slash live and then uh, Monday nights at 11 p.m. Eastern on a, a Harford County based uh, website called Odyssey Radio. Give a listen to both. Uh, help show some love for those various uh, podcast networks. And do you have any dates uh, coming up? I do. I am going to be in uh, Philadelphia Saturday, December 3rd at the Black Cat Tavern. Uh, December 3rd, it was, I just wanted to clarify, I will, uh, Friday, December 16th, Front Street Station in Northumberland, Pennsylvania. And the following night, I'll be in Hanover, Pennsylvania at the Church of Satire. You can find all dates as the schedule is updated quite frequently at Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S, dot U-S. Uh, my socials are all on there as well, so you can follow me, uh, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, wherever. Tom Myers, thank you so much for uh, joining us this afternoon. And uh, please give your cat Buddy a little, just one of these, one of the little scratch on on the head. I, I I already did it about ten minutes ago when he walked over, but I'll do it again. Yeah, give him another one. Give him another. One. So, 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 so Will says hi. All right, uh, and, gentlemen. And likewise, yours. I will yeah, give some to yours from me. Yep. Okay, gentlemen. Till next time. Bye bye. Bye. to truth.